if you are in a lawn care and landscaping business and you are the kind of guy or gal who is ahead of the curve and uh, you're already thinking of spring, you are that exceptional business owner who, yep, we're here at winter. Let's start thinking about what we need to do to set ourselves up for success Excuse me, in the spring or you guys are down south and um, you know, you guys cut and it's basically mowing season almost year round. You know, you have uh, a period of two or three months that maybe you're cutting every other week or every three or four weeks or something like that because the grass is dormant. But for the most part, you guys are doing stuff pretty much year round. Uh, this episode is going to be for you. Today, we're talking about mowers. Yes, in the middle of winter, we're going to be talking about mowers. And if, if maybe those first two uh, scenarios don't fit you, but you're thinking about upgrading equipment, I think you're going to want to listen to this episode before you do so. With that being said, my name is Caleb Nguyen. I am the host of the, of the Motivated Lawn Care Show, um, and I own and run a, a lawn and landscape business in Syracuse, New York. Yeah, we do plowing too. Uh, that's what we're up to right now. Uh, we have four crews. We're going to go to five or six this summer. Super excited for that. And um, yeah, I've had the uh, privilege to be able to help a handful of guys grow their businesses pretty substantially as well. Um, and yeah, in this episode, I'm going to run through everything mowers. Okay, every type of mower from push mowers, the stand on, sit downs, uh, walk behinds, all that good stuff. And I'm going to help break down for you guys, right? Upgrading mowers, when should we do that? What piece of equipment is best for you? Then we're going to talk a little bit about brands and and what these things are going to cost you. So with that being said, let's jump right in. So I want to preface this by saying this, okay? There is is this thing that I like to call the efficiency ghost, okay? And my motto is never chase the efficiency ghost, okay? Example, um, let's say that you're like, dude, if I had uh, a different mower that was... Maybe you're running like uh, a walk behind right now. You've got your, you know, 36 inch walk behind, but you're like, dude, if I had a 34 inch stand on, I could get these yards done so much faster. It would be easier and it would just, it just makes sense. Okay. If that sounds like some thought process that you've had, or maybe you've said, dude, if I just went out and spent the extra $8,000 on getting a mower that goes 14 miles an hour instead of nine miles an hour, dude. My efficiency could go up so much that it just it just makes sense, dude. I could just get done everything super quick. If that's ever been a thought process for you, I want you to take pause and heed this quick warning. Okay, this is the never chasing the efficiency ghost. This is this is how I live. Okay, this is how I run my business. Okay, I'm gonna use some examples here. I'm gonna use an example. The first one is gonna be an example of when should you keep your mower, and the second one is gonna be when should you get a new one. Okay. So first one, I'm going to, I'm going to just destroy you guys here. Okay. So don't hate me too much here, but let's say, uh, let's use that original example, 36 inch walk behind, but you want to get a 34 inch stand on. heard it before. I've thought of this myself. Hey, does it, does it make sense to do that? Right. You're going to be spending at least a few extra thousand dollars. Want to give you that context to go to a stand on because stand ons are just more expensive, more pricey. And you're going to get done, let's say, an extra six lawns per week, right? We'll, we'll be maybe even generous with that. Maybe that's spot on, depends on your properties and the setups that you have. Um, so, you know, a few extra thousand dollars to get six extra lawns per week. Let's say you're getting 35 per cut. Okay, it's kind of the lower end of thing, but let's say that they're smaller ones because generally something that you're going to use like a, a smaller mower like that on are going to be smaller properties. Um, 
but let's say that you are trying to get done, um, you know, an extra, an extra six properties per week, thirty-five a piece, two hundred ten dollars. Let's say you have a, a pretty normal average thirty-five percent margin. Okay, that's about seventy-three dollars and fifty cents extra per week that you can take. Okay. So it'll take 40 weeks to pay off that machine before you're saving or making anything extra. Now, I also didn't take into account the fact that you probably don't have just six extra lawns per week waiting around, sitting around waiting for you to give them a call um, and they'll switch right over to you or uh, sell their push mower and come work with you. So that's an issue too, right? Um, so that that becomes another expense. Now you got to go get out, go out and get six extra lawns. But let's just say for the sake for the sake of the sake of the example um, that you do have the you know the lawns lined up where you could easily take them on, or you get enough phone calls that it's worth it. You make seventy three dollars and fifty cents extra per week. It's going to take you forty weeks to pay out that machine before you're saving or making anything extra. Which by the way is more than an entire season unless you're somewhere down south. Um, or you could get a wheel set for the walk behind for five hundred bucks. And do six extra lawns per week at you know 35% margin, which pays off in seven weeks, okay, with the same numbers. So if your client base isn't full, spend instead of even spending the 500 on a wheel kit, spend the 500 on marketing, get five new clients that pay you 35 extra per week, make 60 bucks extra per week, um, you know, work the work the extra hours, get out there, just get it done, and then in you know eight weeks, eight and a half weeks, you can buy a wheel kit for the walk behind. And then you can make an extra $130 in profit per week and you have those clients. Instead of spending the thousands of dollars and then having to spend hundreds more dollars to go in and uh, and get these get these clients, instead, you're already making profit. Okay. So that's kind of that's kind of how I would use that with that example. That in that situation, I would say not a good time to be picking up a new mower. Okay, just not worth it. Example of when you should get a new one. Okay, first off, if you're growing a lot. And it, you just need to get a new mower anyway. Buying a brand new mower can sometimes be a great, a great thing for the sake of zero percent interest financing. It could just be fantastic. You can make a, a butt ton. Um, I mean, zero percent is basically free. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, inflation is more than that, so you're already, you're already winning there. Um, but let's say even like maybe even not, you don't need a new mower, right? You're not growing and need a new machine. But when should you replace a current machine, right? I would say when the mower breaks down and is unreliable, right, and it costs probably like more than $100 a month and, and two hours per month to fix beyond regular maintenance or, or preventable damage. And now for some of you guys with families and that kind of stuff, just even spending two extra hours per month is just in and of itself is just too much. You just, you're just done an extra 30 hours a week, thir- sorry, 30 minutes a week uh, working on a machine. is just You just don't have time for that. That's just not happening. Um, or you're fully booked up, but you could do an extra eight lawns a week for 50 bucks with just the current clients that are calling you, um, at a 40% margin. So your margin's better, you're getting more money. So, you know, the mower payments are $200, which is, you know, already paid for by the hundred dollars a month and issues with the old mower and the $640 in additional profit. Plus the old mower could be sold and used as a down payment for the new mower. So I'm not entirely opposed to getting new machines or replacing machines, but you just need to be smart about it. You need to do it right and getting it just because when you, you're not, you're not fully booked out in the first place is generally not the way to go, especially in the beginning. Now, bigger companies, yeah, you can make the case for it. They're just growing all the time. It's worth it for them, but for smaller guys, uh, like a one truck operation, really just not worth it, in my opinion. So now that we've kind of gone over my little rant on uh, chasing the efficiency ghosts, if you will, um, yeah, we just check 
check yourself at any time that you go, oh, I'm going to buy this because of efficiency. It's like, okay, well, do the numbers and figure out how how much time is this going to take to pay itself off and is that really worth doing? And at a certain point, it's like $500. If you can't throw $500 one way or another, then you really just need to be booking more business. Um, and if it makes your life easier, sure, it's worth it. It's when you don't have, a, you know, thousands of dollars to just throw around at stuff and you want to spend $4,000 extra upgrading from a walk behind to a, to, uh, a stand on. So that is my two cents. Let's walk behind. Let's walk behind. Let's walk through uh, each of the types of machines out there, uh, each of the types of mowers, and then kind of my recommendations on each of those, depending on your setup and what you're going for. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so push mowers, I would say this, okay, because people drool over them, getting the massive commercial mowers is rarely worth it. Okay, I would just say go for a good old Honda. Okay, anything with a Honda engine that I've had the mowers destroyed before the engine ever goes like long, long before. Um, and you can find one on Marketplace for as little as, you know, $100, or you can splurge on a new one for $800. $100, you know, especially, I mean, I I did like 30 grand in a year with a, with a lawnmower that just was actually crappier than the $100 lawnmower I could have got. Um, so it's very doable to have a $100 lawnmower, make a great return on investment with that. If you're dying for the 30-inch, you know, Skag or X Marka Ferris or like a 34-inch Toro Time Master, Make sure you find one that is used but in good condition. Um, I just tell you right now, buying a brand new push mower for two thousand to thirty-eight hundred dollars, I think, is for the Ferris. Um, when a fifteen hundred dollar walk behind will do circles around it, just does not make sense. So, so when it comes to those push mowers, just go for the trusty old Honda. Keep it simple. Um, but I mean, if you can find a good X Mark thirty-inch push mower for four hundred dollars on Marketplace, five hundred dollars on Marketplace, be my guest. I found that the the Honda does you know ninety percent of the job for a, a, a fraction of the price. And it's a lot lighter and just simpler to use, better on gas, all the things. Just keep it simple with this. No thirty eight hundred dollar push mowers, please. Do not send me a picture with your thirty eight hundred dollar Ferris push mower. Don't do it. All right, next up, walk behinds. Okay, so walk behind is basically for those of you guys who don't know, it's like if a push mower is stand on zero turn had a baby, this would be what it you know what it what it would be you know. Um, you can walk uh, behind it, obviously, as the name implies, or you can ride behind it if you have a wheel kit for it. Um, and it can be small, anywhere from like 32 to 36 inches, like a smaller one. You can get a, a gated backyard, or you can get a big, big, big one um, that can be as large as like a stand-on for like for like a 60-inch deck. Uh, and a lot of times it's a fraction of the price of a stand-on. So um, a 34, 36-inch walk-behind with a wheel kit is going to perform probably within 95% of uh, a stand-on of the same price, or sorry, of the same size for a third of the price. I would say hands down, especially for the guys out there who really can't afford to be buying, you know, an expensive 34, 36-inch stand-on mower, um, these walk-behinds with a wheel kit game changer for gated backyards. Uh, I would say always keep a push mower handy for the technical or super tight or steep stuff, but these things are just, they're going to save you so much time. Um, it's huge. So I, I personally really don't care if it's Skag, Xmark, Toro, Hustler, John Deere, Bobcat. If you look at it, um, if you look it over, it's mechanically sound, has lower hours, it's a good price, it's a good deal. Great, go for it. Um, yeah, just make sure it's a, a brand that your local shop can do. Um, and make sure that you get a dual hydro, which means the, the wheels can spin, um, can swivel independently, so you can get it set up with a wheel kit. Because again, the wheel kit is the, the big kicker here. Um, 
There are some that are single hydro. I had one from Ferris. It's basically like the the mother load of, of all push mowers is really what it is. It's not really even a walk behind at that point. So again, make sure you get dual hydros. Make sure it's really mechanically solid. You have a local dealer who will service it and then just go for it. Get out, grab a wheel kit for it and, and go to town. Uh, next, sit down, zero turns, okay? So really depends on what properties you service. Um, I would say always kind of get the biggest deck you can fit on your properties for the sake of productivity. Again, not going to chase the efficiency ghost just for the sake of it. Um, but I would say if, if you're getting a, a new machine, might as well get the biggest one that will fit on your properties. Um, as long as the price is like similarly competitive. Um, if a, a 60 inch is like 10 grand more than a 54 inch, probably not the way to go. I don't know of a brand that's like that. But if, if that's what you're coming across, then maybe it's worth it to the 54. But yeah, getting a bigger a bigger deck is definitely the way to go. Um, biggest that you can get to fit. I think the biggest that we can get to fit on most of our properties is 60 inches, um, and it actually lets us get into a significant amount of backyards versus like a 72, where I I really couldn't get into most of the the backyards that are even technically like they don't even have a fence. I just wouldn't be able to get in with a 72. Uh, there might be trees on both sides. There might be a garage on one side. That type of stuff. So 60 inches generally that perfect perfect size in my experience. Um, you, I would say this, don't think you need the top of the line version. Okay. Especially if you're not doing, you know, a few multi-millions, um, as I talked about a tiny bit of extra speed doesn't always pay off, uh, especially if you're getting new machines regularly. Um, or if it does, you'd have been better off spending the money growing the business and just making more money versus spending it on some productivity. Like I said, like fronting money to, one one day save money and, and be more productive is not really the the way that uh, I like to roll. Again, I much prefer to just reinvest that into some marketing, get some more clients, um, hire new people, and, and just keep on growing. Um, and then one day if I decide to stop growing and start uh, just nailing down the little things, then I can do so and, and go spend $8,000 extra on a lawnmower. But um, yeah, my favorites personally for uh, sit-down mowers I'd say Hustler Fast Tracks. I personally skip the fancy X1s, Super Zs, Hyperdrives. I just keep it simple. Um, the Xmark Laser Zs, um, also in my experience, um, it's generally works fine to keep it simple with like an E-Series. I think it's the lower on the X-Series is like the higher end stuff. I've seen E-Series hold up great, um, unless you're doing like insane hours um, or you're just on really rough terrain all the time. Uh, Skag, Toro, really... Any of the other brands, they seem to have some pretty solid machines as well. Um, but I can tell you personally that we're buying uh, the 2024 uh, Hustler Fast Tracks for this coming season. And in the past, we've run just Hustler Fast Tracks. That's always just kind of what we've done for sit-downs. Um, if you are still small, I would say don't buy anything new. Snag something like a 2018 or 2020 Hustler Fast Track with a few hundred hours for four or five grand. Uh, or grab an older Ferris like IS2000 for like three to 4K. Um, I see them all the time. I've personally seen um, these things hold up really good, um, sometimes as good or better than new machines, even being used and all. Um, you know, and if you're you're a bigger operation and, and not a startup, getting 0% financing on a brand new Fast Track or Laser ZE series is a fantastic idea, in my opinion, as the loan terms are so short, you shouldn't be upside down your loan during the mowing season, and inflation is more than 0%, so you're winning. So it's, it's literally free money. Um, I would say just don't get the top of the line just because it's no payments for six months or anything like that, or just to be the big boy on the block. If you want to spend $30,000 on a lawnmower um, from your profits in the business, um, 
go ahead and do so. But if you wouldn't go out there and buy it just for yourself, I really wouldn't want, I really wouldn't waste um, my money on it when you could be reinvesting in other areas of the business that are going to actually make you more money. Um, yeah, if you're mowing acreage, that's fair. You might need to splurge on a more expensive piece of, a, of equipment. Don't get me wrong there. But nobody mowing like two acre smaller properties should be spending double on a mower for the sake of efficiency when you haven't even maxed out your client base yet. Um, you'll know how I feel about that, but not to beat a dead horse. So last but not least, stand-ons, okay? Um, again, depends on the properties you service. Stand-ons are better on hills uh, that I've seen and are easier on the body as your legs will absorb more impact. Um, and stepping off a plate is easier than standing up and climbing off a mower. However, stand-ons are generally, I've seen 10 to 20% more from most of the larger brands. You guys tell me what you've seen um, versus a sit-down with a similar engine, drive train, deck size, that kind of stuff. Personally, I'm a money guy, so I'll put a sit-down on as many properties as I can uh, and larger walk-behinds on the rest. I found that a walk-behind with a wheel set, the same deck size is, you know, you can get pretty close within 90-95% of the speed and productivity of a stand-on. Uh, so unless you're doing acreage that has a lot of steep hills, um, a sit-down or a walk-behind is likely the better choice. So I'd say also due to, due to the engine placement, um, they are also uh, more expensive to work on from what I've heard from close friends in the business. The Toro Grandstand, Xmark Vertex, Skag V-Ride 2, and Ferris Z2 are all super popular with the bigger companies. Um, not much else I can say besides I think that you can probably save a few bucks in most cases by going the sit-down or walk-behind route. Um, and don't chase the efficiency ghost. But uh, if it makes the most sense for you guys, if you're mowing you know, large areas that have steep hills, I would say it might be worth it. Go for it. Um, I, they have some really, really massive mower options that are going to work great for that. Um, so yeah, there are there is a time and a place for it. 100% agree with that. Um, I wouldn't just jump to it though, just to jump to it to be cool, cool kid on the block or sophisticated or anything like that. Keep it simple. Um, so yeah, final thoughts for this episode. Uh, I'd say just don't chase the efficiency ghost. If it's used, make sure it works well. You know, pretty basic stuff. Uh, and don't buy expensive stuff for your ego. Okay. If you want to buy expensive stuff for your ego, profit your business a bazillion dollars. Make as much money as you possibly can there and then go buy a truck or, or a jet ski or whatever else you're going to buy in your personal life and spend more money than you really need to on that uh, instead of buying like really expensive machines for your business, right? Like you started the business not to just have fancy equipment and live in a trailer, you know, you wanted something more out of life. Um, and if you did start it to have the fancy equipment, it's, that's literally the only reason you just wanted the nicest, newest mowers and that kind of stuff, go for it. If that's your dream, go for it. But if that's not your dream, don't fool yourself into thinking that that's going to be your dream. It's just to have a nice mower, right? For me, I just want whatever is going to be the most re reliable and productive for my money. It makes the most sense for my company's finances so that I can do well, the business can do well, and we can kick butt every season. So with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Uh, if you did, Leave five stars down below. I know this is kind of a weird one because it's like, well, this is kind of out of season. But thinking about this stuff now, going into the season and having this on your mind when you go to purchase machines in the spring is going to be very important that you don't overspend on things that you don't need. With that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed and I'll catch you again next week.